0: Coming to you live from Star Worldwide Networks in Scottsdale, Arizona. Be. Dream. Do. Living by design. The radio show is focused on people sharing their stories of how they were able to understand what they were really passionate about and had the courage to dream big and then did it. Now, join the conversation with your host, David
1: Well, good morning, listeners. Welcome to Be Dream Do Radio. This is your host, Dave Waterman with my son, Sean. Hi, good morning. And we have an exciting guest today, Noelle Stanley, corporate wellness consultant and also president of the National Speakers Association, the chapter right here in Tempe, Arizona. So welcome to the show, Noelle.
2: Thank you so much, Dave and Sean. I'm so excited to be here. It's a pleasure and an honor.
1: So... You know, one of the qualifying questions, actually the qualifying question to get on the show is, you got to love what you do. And boy, uh, you certainly impressed me as someone who really loves what you do. So just for the benefit of our listeners,
2: help us understand what you love doing. Certainly, Dave. And I have to tell you that when David asked me about if I loved what I do, He really qualified that and asked me a lot of questions about it. I almost felt like I was in a little bit of a mini interview to prove that I actually did love (laughs) what I do. So in a nutshell, I'm a corporate wellness consultant and I go into companies and I help them design and implement wellness programs. And through that, I do a lot of coaching to employees and I also create a lot of wellness curriculum and help them develop contests and things like that. And I have actually a new brand that I'm launching called the Serenity Factor. Ah. And with that, the whole goal is to help companies create a more peaceful work environment and really to help them see the benefits of that, the increased focus, the increased desire to be at the workplace, and to really feel respected and valued in the workplace.
1: Well, I think Dave Pratt would like to have a conversation I, with you. I think I better talk to him. <laughs> I got a lot to teach him.
2: <laughs>
1: now that that's terrific. So, you know, we hear the word wellness a lot. Mm-hmm. So, define wellness.
2: Okay, great question. To me, wellness is really mind, body, and spirit. Right. So, I really help people to physically learn how to better take care of themselves, but I also help them to understand the emotional aspects of health and also their own spiritual uh, aspects and how that all intertwines. You know, I always say that health is, you know, everything. You know, what we see, what we hear, who we're around, what we're eating, what we're drinking. Mm. Um, It's past programming. It's future programming. And, you know, so much of it is really changing the way we're perceiving our experience in life, mm-hmm. and how the body is really just a video of the mind. you know so that's a, a big thing I really try to help my clients to understand that, again, you know, the body's listening to the mind, and the mind's listening to the body. And we've scientifically now been able to show that in multiple studies. So just really helping people to understand that in an applicable, simple way. Well, that's, it's got to be easy. <laughs> well, I mean,
1: obviously there's a huge need uh, on many different levels out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I've been reading recently how you know, there's this lack of sleep. It's like a lack of sleep epidemic. Mm-hmm. And the, one of the countries, actually the country that has the biggest challenge with getting enough sleep is Japan. And actually, Sean and I were just talking about this last week. One of the companies in Japan has worked out a plan where they've actually decided to pay people, to incent people to sleep.
3: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
4: Yeah.
1: So although we didn't necessarily agree, I mean, yeah, uh, yeah.
4: We didn't know if it was counterintuitive because it's sort of like, are you still on the clock at <laughs> that point? Yeah. Yeah. So
2: pay them to sleep at work? no at
4: night at night yeah and they had to demonstrate that they slept uh-huh. so there's
1: like the big big brother watching kind of thing a little yeah. bit yeah uh, <laughs> unintended consequences perhaps
2: yes yeah well i haven't heard of that particular story mm-hmm. but i do know so much with health you know i have people that come in and they're like okay you know what specific workout plan do i need to do and right. you know let, tell me my macros and my micros and you know, they want to get into the specifics, and then I say, okay, let's pause. Mm-hmm. How many hours are you sleeping? How much water <laughs> are you drinking? Yeah. How are you managing your stress? Mm. Dur, dur. <laughs> right, so, you know, <laughs> sleep, I, I'm continually speaking on and coaching on sleep. I feel like I always have to keep going back,
3: mm.
2: going back. You know, there's a lot of studies out there, mm. and I always say be careful what you believe, but a lot of studies that I see Consistently say the, the average person gets around, you know, six, six and a half to 6.8 hours of sleep. Mm-hmm. Research shows us that we have five 90-minute sleep cycles. And every sleep, sleep cycle, our body's doing something different. It's, you know, regenerating, you know, working on different organ systems. The last 90 minutes is for the brain it washes the brain it cleanses the brain alzheimers is now the third leading cause of death we're getting so many cognitive impairments you know early oh dementia i did a 7 week series on brain health last year for one of my corporate clients and you know that statistic of the 590 minute sleep cycles is from dr bruce right. who's a famous medical doctor and all he does is study sleep um, so it's it's really interesting, and that's really where most people, you know, they, they miss that nice last 90 minutes. But I do know that some companies are offering um, areas that employees can take naps. So that's one thing that I am seeing. But I would fully support, you know, so many companies, you know, are encouraging the exercise, encouraging the weight loss. But I, I love the idea. I got to talk to these Japanese people. You know, I mean, it's great. Because it is so, it's critical. It's critical to reduce your health care costs and have engagement at work. Right? Oh, uh,
1: what, how they incent them is that if they're able to demonstrate that they get at least six hours sleep, they pay for their lunch. Mm-hmm. That's, the, that's the deal.
3: Yeah. yeah. Hey. That,
1: that, that's the deal. I'll, I'll look up that article and see if I can find it and I'll, I'll send it to you.
2: And Dave, if there's no cap on the price of the lunch... Bring it on. Oh, yeah, right? that's right. That's right. I'll just sleep my way to success. That's right. I'm a foodie. I love five-star lunches, right? So you know, um,
1: I really appreciate what you've said about sleep. I really, really do. Um, I think you're absolutely spot on. I mean, how the we've, – we've been gifted these – blessed with incredible organism, bo- the body, right, mm-hmm. that it has this ability to refresh itself. hmm and, you know, how many times do we say, you know, go and sleep on it, right? That's, that's not coincidence that we say that, where we have that kind of saying in our language, right? Completely. There's wisdom
2: in that. Yeah, it's, it's, it's really huge, David, and, you know, really trying to teach people that. And really, I feel it always goes back to self-respect mm. and self-love that somebody has for themselves. It's just mm. like if you had a child,
3: mm.
2: you would make sure, you know, as good parents, we want our children to sleep, we want them to eat well, But then when it comes to ourselves, you know, it's like, oh, you know, we kind of throw all of that out the window. And, you know, our actions really show how we honor and respect ourselves. So when I'm working with somebody, I'm always telling them, you know, this this is less about what you're going to do and more about you learning how to honor and respect yourself. And if you truly can do that, then everything else will come so much more easily. Mm -hmm.
4: Yeah, beautiful. beautiful. Yeah. What sort of techniques do you guys use in the, or do you, I'm sorry, what kind of techniques do you use when working with the companies or the individuals? What when, when do you focus on especially?
2: You know, there, great question, Sean. And there's a, a lot of different things, you know, when I'm working with, A, if it's with a culture, you know, I'm really finding out what is it that they want to achieve, right? And then it's really about getting management to buy in, Mm -hmm. that that that's the key with any company that I've ever worked with, because if they talk the talk, but they don't walk the walk, then it's not going to trickle down, right? Everything's going to come from the top. And if they truly believe the message of wellness and that it really matters and it, and it's going to improve their production, it's going to reduce their absenteeism. It's going to create more focused employees then I really see the programs blossom. And so, again, that's key. And then really with an individual, it's like what I said before. You know, I feel so many people's weight issues, addiction issues, um, emotional imbalances all go back to learning how to really honor and respect themselves Mm -hmm. and, you know, the... uh, I always say you can learn to love yourself in time. And, you know, so many people are struggling with, you know, a lack of of love for themselves, right, and respect for themselves. And we're all pretty awesome, cool people, right? You know, we all came here. We all came here. I I believe we all came here on a mission, right? Like I'm on the heroine's journey. Mm -hmm. You men are on the hero's journey. But we've all been called to do something. And once you can figure that out, you know, and you believe it, everything changes which is super cool
1: what have you been called to do
2: i've been called to help people transform their lives with transforming their health and really teaching people that the ability to heal is yours right mm-hmm. you know and that that you can have peace right and this can be a really incredible experience living on this earth you know one of the things that I came to wanting to create the serenity factor is I see so much depression and I see so much anxiety and I see so much overwhelm and I really want to help people have hope and see a possibility and, and it's multifaceted, right? There's all, it's not just one thing, right? Right. And it's really teaching people and giving them hope that it is possible you know, really, I've been called to do that. When I was two years old, hmm. I wanted to be a doctor. Like I it was like I wanted to help people to heal, and I would always, you know, tell my mom that. And I loved animals. We had all these animals growing up, right? Well,
1: where was this that you This grew
2: was up? here in Arizona.
1: Right here in Arizona. You're a native.
2: I'm a native. Get out. I'm a rare breed, yeah. so hopefully nobody kicked me out. <laughs> um, but we were the animal family, right? You know, at one time we had six horses, three dogs, multiple cats. We had guinea pigs, snakes, you know. We had a lot of animals. My my wall in my room was lined with animal cages, right? Didn't smell the greatest, but, you know, we had a lot of fun. And so, you know, always had a lot of compassion. And then I remember um, when I went to school, one of the certifications I have is from the Southwest Institute of Healing Arts, and I was certified in holistic nutrition. And I remember one of my teachers, he's one of my greatest mentors, and I did a lot of work with him, Dr. Hanalei, He's now in L.A., really, really incredible man. He said, everybody in this room is a healer. And in that moment, I owned it. Like, I owned it. I was like, I am a healer. This is my calling. This is my purpose, you know. And then my life just kept unfolding.
1: Now, that was an aha moment.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. One of those simple moments that's just like, da-ding.
1: <laughs> so if I'm, uh, if I'm one of the listeners is, a decision-maker at a company, mm-hmm. what is your approach to bring wellness or a wellness culture to that company?
2: Well, great question, David. You know, one of the first things is to assess the culture Mm -hmm. Right. And really go in and figure out where the problems are. Right. So and again, when you're talking about the health of a culture. Right. That's just not the physical wellness of the employees. That's also, you know, the emotional health what's going on with management. So I like to go in and speak with the different levels of management. You know, I'd always love to speak to the CEO and some of the, the different managers in the different departments And I have some specific questions that I ask them. And to really find out, you know, what's going on here? You know, what are your concerns? What do you see? Because a lot of times there's a lot of different dynamics going on. And if I can understand it, I'll also get better buy-in for the wellness program. Because whenever you want to do something, you know, you don't always get 100% buy-in. So if I can really get to know these key players Mm -hmm. and hear some of their concerns and frustrations then I'm able to move forward with, you know, less bumps in the road, and then really based on their budget, create a program that's going to implement, you know, physical, emotional, and spiritual wellness, and so that many times is, you know, um, a theme, you know, different themes throughout the years, it's contest, it's incentives, it's on-site or telecoaching, um, it's bringing, doing a different health challenges, but also biometric screenings. Um, You know, it's a great one to pay the employees to get their physicals done and, you know, give them paid time off. You know, incentivizing things is always big, right? So giving them gift cards to, you know, health stores and different things like that, you know, that really motivates people. Reduced uh, cost on their health care because that's getting so out of, you know, control. Out of whack. Mm -hmm. So, again, you know, just really giving benefit. And I, my experience is it's got to be fun, Mm -hmm. right? So making it fun, making it enjoyable. When I bring speakers in to speak at companies, it's like, you know, I want people that are going to take a topic and make it fun, right? Because people need that and then they, they need takeaways that they, you know, do these five things, Right. So, but it's got to be fun.
4: Yeah. <laughs> and then you also studied um, food and health and nutrition. Like, how do you, how does, you studied and the importance of food and eating the right food in mm-hmm. terms of being healthy, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. So how, do, how is uh, what we're putting in our bodies affecting us in our everyday life, would you say?
2: Wow. I would say it, it's affecting us to such a huge, huge, huge level you know in 1950 really be- after 1950 became the chemical age right so our our grandparents didn't really worry about fungicides and herbicides and pesticides right. and genetically modified food you know and the pesticides after 1950 keep doubling every year because wow. the bugs keep getting resistant to that and the research that we're seeing on disease and pesticides and, you know, the effects of genetically modified foods. You know, and when we look at GMOs, there's a lot of controversy with that, right? You know, so um, many cultures have banned them or require labeling. Here in the U.S., we haven't. So, again, lots of research, but lots of controversy. Yeah. We see that in a lot of different areas, right? That's right, right. Mm-hmm. But, you know, because of all these chemicals we're dealing with and, and such the excessive use of vaccines and prescriptions... And processed foods, and and just the extra stress and the lack of sleep, you know, all of that cumulative is really, really affecting our health. You know, eating is not simple anymore, right? You know, just trying to find clean food is so much more complicated. And I feel like that's shifting. I have two uh, certifications in raw foods, and I also was trained in holistic nutrition through the Southwest Institute of Healing Arts. And through that, we really look at how food affects you energetically,
3: mm-hmm.
2: right? And, you know, one of the things I believe in is we're all unique, right? So, what diet's gonna work for David mm-hmm. and what diet is gonna work for Sean mm-hmm. might not work for Noel, right. right? So, part of it is your body doesn't lie and your body will tell you what works for you. So, if I help somebody create a diet and they feel a lot of energy and they feel optimism and they're sleeping deeply, then we're on to something, right? Mm-hmm. So again, your body will tell you, you know, if you feel bloated, if you're constipated, if you, if you, your emotions aren't good, mm-hmm. then again, your body's trying to tell you something, right? So again, I really try to work with people to help them listen to their body. I have people feeling great on paleo, I have people feeling great on keto. I have people feeling great on a raw diet. I have people feeling great on a vegan diet. I eat more of a high vegan diet, you know, but I will occasionally eat some animal protein if I'm craving it. But I feel best more high raw, high vegan, and and I I just feel more energy. You know, so that's another thing I try to teach people is the energetics of food. Mm. We're all looking for more energy. So, you know, if you eat all dead food, how much energy are you going to have? You know, I like the analogy, if you take a raw almond and you put it in soil, what's going to happen?
1: It's going to grow. It's going to grow. Right. If you put... If a, you water it. And,
2: if you water and it, and you love it, nice you talk soil, to it, you sing yeah. to it. La, la, yeah. La. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But if you put... It takes
1: one nut to take care of a nut, right?
2: That's yeah. right. Yeah. That's okay. right. You got to sing to it. Yeah. <laughs> but then on the, on, the, on the converse, if you put a cooked almond in, it's going to rot and die, Right? So there's a lot of research out there that shows you really want to consume at least 51% of your diet raw. It turns off the immune response that so many of us are getting. Autoimmune disease are skyrocketed. Mm. So don't want to get too much on the tangent on that, but, you know, we really are what we eat, but we are individual. And then, of course, it goes back to eating real food as least amount of chemicals as possible. Right, right. Well, of
1: course, you know. I guess you know, as I was listening to your discussion around raw food, uh, historically, certain cultures made sure they cooked food really well. Yes. Because if it wasn't cooked well, it could be uh, toxic. Right? Yes. So. Yes. Um, and parasites. And parasites, and, all that
2: y- and I still get that because I, I yeah. you know, work with a lot of different cultures, especially right. at like a production plant. Sure. And so you know, there's a lot of that, right? right. And again, you still need to be mindful of that. Sure. Um, but but we are a little bit advanced, right, from Absolutely. a lot of the, those concerns. Yeah,
1: absolutely. I really like what you're saying and how you're tying all of this into the energetic implications of all these different things.
3: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: but going back to this, I'm the business owner, so to speak, discussion. Yes. So, <laughs> I mean, I'd love all of this for me personally, but why do I care about doing any of this, making the investments? Because mm-hmm. I'm sure this require some level of investment right Mm -hmm. uh i mean as long as we make our numbers and you know hit the bottom line and quite frankly we've been we've been performing very well as a company over the last five years Mm -hmm. so i mean and in my mind this is just going to take time away from my from the productivity of my employees Mm -hmm. so i I'm, i'm missing something here
2: yeah Geez, David, you're so negative. Um, yeah, and again, and great point. And so many people, you know, don't really understand it. But one thing is healthcare, healthcare, health care, health mm. care. You know, costs keep going up and employers are freaking out how to cover those. So it's critical that we teach people how to take care of themselves. And so many people, you know, never learned it research shows your health is more determinant on how you grew up and diseases are more correlated to your lifestyle. So we're finding it's less about genetics and DNA, but how did mom and dad, you know, what was their lifestyle? You know, how did they eat? How did they honor their health? And so people just, you know, we are cultures that we just keep repeating cycles. Right. And so again, they find that the more educated people are in regards to health, the more they're able to take care of themselves. Research also shows there's lots of different research when it comes to corporate health, but we know that for every dollar you spend, you'll get three to five dollars back. Mm-hmm. You know, and again, lots of studies to validate that. We know that it brings reduced absenteeism. So it's always a hard word to say. Mm-hmm. It also brings um, increased energy at work for people. They mm-hmm. report more energy. They report more focus. And also more collaboration and the different uh, groups at work really you know, getting along better. Because that's a big part of when you feel better, you, you get along better with your coworkers. And there's a lot of different things, too, that we're teaching in a program about communication and how to interact with others mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so again you know when you look at the numbers and it can bring your health care costs down it can reduce your absenteeism which is going to save you money reduce sick time and again have more engaged and more focused employees and employees that want to be there
3: right.
2: and right now you know the work the workplace is getting more competitive and more employers are looking for people you know Um, So, again, you want to be able to retain your employees. And that's a big one now. If a company does offer a wellness program, we look at the younger generations, the millenniums, and that's important to them, you know, if a company is going to offer that versus a company that's not, because that's important. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, that's just fascinating. It really is. And uh, it's so I guess just from a business perspective, Mm -hmm. what I hear you saying is, is that a, a good uh, foundation and wellness will more than pay for itself through retention, through engagement, mm-hmm. through uh, focused employees. Um, I didn't hear the word creative, but I got to think that with that energy, people are more creative. Yeah. There was something else that people are more predisposed to collaborate when they're feeling better. And yeah. I, that certainly makes sense. I mean, if I don't get enough sleep or something, I'm not very collaborative for sure.
2: Well, yeah. and I think they're kinder. Right, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's really about bringing kindness back into the workplace and respect, and where people feel safe. Right, right? but again, we talk about those things. We bring those things to the forefront. We had
1: we had a very interesting uh, guest a few weeks ago, and he's brought sustainability into his uh, business. Uh, Absolutely fascinating. He's so passionate about sustainability. I think the opportunity, and I'll introduce you to him. Mm-hmm, uh, great. Because the question around sustainability isn't only about what you do with, you know, the garbage or what you do with uh, how you serve, you know, vegetables and whatnot to, because he's in the catering industry,
3: interestingly mm-hmm. enough, right?
1: He's got a wonderful plant. I mean, inspirational, really inspirational. He works with local farmers here in the Valley and makes sure that that food gets to the customers, right? And really, you know, so he's he's leveraged this whole notion of sustainability to improve the customer experience. I mean, it's huge, right? Um, But what you're doing is actually talking about sustainability for the actual employees, Mm
3: -hmm.
1: right? Yeah. Uh, And what I'm hearing you say is, all right, so today I don't have a wellness program, but my competition... If they don't now, they probably will. And I'm going to be Johnny-come-lately if I don't get on this wagon. Mm -hmm. And I'm talking about just the competitive edge for labor, like Mm -hmm. what you were saying. So I think there are a lot of different aspects uh, that businesses can benefit from in taking a serious look at this uh, wellness that you have so eloquently um, described. I mean, you've defined wellness in ways beyond that I have heard in the past, and I certainly do appreciate Mm -hmm. that.
2: Well, and one thing, too, I want to add to that is we have, you know, so many groups that I work with, and they're having issues in different departments, Mm -hmm. and they don't even realize it. So they'll have disgruntled employees. So one of the things I'll do, too, to help with that, if I get a large group of employees that are having a difficult time in a department, Mm. I'll go and talk to that department head, you know, and, and not release any anonymity of the people that have expressed to me, but that you have some dysfunction going on and, you know, let's collaborate maybe to look at some solutions. So I'm also that inside window or coaches I work with are that inside window of helping companies be healthy, right? It's just like we want our families to be healthy and functional and we want our companies to be healthy and functional. And, you know, if you can go into a company and you can go into a functional healthy environment well that helps your family right and again if you can go into a company and feel honored and respected you're going to go home and you're going to be a better husband a better wife a better parent you know everything is dominoing everything but we spend the majority of our time at work
4: yeah. it becomes our lives it does the ripple effect. Mm-hmm.
2: Right? I want the that r- four-day work week. <laughs> yeah. Or that four-hour work the four week. Hour the four-hour work the, week. Yeah, the four-hour <laughs> yeah, I forget the author yeah, of that one, yeah. but yeah.
1: That, that's just <laughs> fascinating. Listeners, uh, Noelle Stanley, uh, she is a wellness consultant. Uh, we're going to listen to her just after the short break, and we're going to better understand how you discovered what you really love doing.
2: Mm. Awesome.
0: All right to you soon. 85% of employees hate their jobs? That's right. That's what last year's Gallup poll said after surveying millions. Only 15% were truly passionate about the work they did. If you are among the 85% who don't like their work, you're invited to join our weekly podcast radio show every Tuesday from 10 to 11 a.m., recorded live at Star Worldwide Network Studio in Scottsdale, Arizona at bdreamdoradio.com. You will hear guests of all ages and backgrounds who all have one thing in common. They love what they do. Tune in and explore how they found out what was most important to them, how they dreamed big, and put a plan into action to realize their dreams. Join us in the conversation. Now, back to the show.
1: Welcome back, listeners, to Be Dream Do. This is your host, uh, Dave Whitehorn, and we are here with Noelle Stanley corporate wellness consultant, and she has spent the uh, first half hour ex- helping us better understand what wellness is all about, and how she actually is a healer. and she, she means that in a very profound way. How in the world did you end up doing what you love?
2: Hmm, that's a wonderful question. Yeah, it is kind of interesting, the serendipity of life, Right. So I actually, I mentioned earlier, I wanted to be a medical doctor, and then when I was in college, kind of twists and turns happened, and I ended up getting my bachelor's in psychology, and I was going to go on and get my master's in counseling. I actually got accepted at Pepperdine in California. Oh, great school. But a lot of things were going on at the time, and I ended up starting to work on my master's at ASU but did not complete that from some, again, some different things that life kind of takes you this, this twist and turn. And I did some other things in my twenties, but then in my thirties, actually after my first daughter, no, actually it was after my second daughter, I actually got severe postpartum depression, you know, and I actually, I had done some really cool things up until that time in my career that I loved, but none of it was what I'm doing now, got severe postpartum depression and really um, wanted to figure out what I could do to overcome that. Uh, My medical doctor wanted to put me on an antidepressant, and I didn't want to do that and stop breastfeeding. So through lots of different things, I found out that it was my thyroid, and I was able to heal it naturally and didn't have to go on medication. And from that, I looked at the metaphysical aspect of thyroid, and thyroid represents speaking your truth. And, you know, depression many times our feelings turned inward. And so I really sat and thought, you know, what, what is going on here? And what do I need to do to move out of this? Because anybody that has had severe depression knows that it's a really dark place to be and not a fun place to be. And part of my answer was you need to go back to school, and really follow your calling. You need to really, you know, take action to make this happen. And so that's what I chose to do. And that's when I enrolled in the Southwest Institute of Healing Arts. And I got certified in holistic nutrition. And then I just started moving forward with it, right? I started actually working out of a naturopathic doctor's office. That's Dr. Hanalei. We did a lot of uh, cleansing seminars together. And I worked with people in his office and then also worked at a high end fitness studio and really enjoyed it. But then I, I wanted to make more income. And right when I was wanting that, I got a call. No kidding, I, I redid my resume. I got a call the Monday afterwards, and this gentleman called me from the Wellness Council of Arizona. And he said, We do corporate health, and we heard about you. I later found out from who and he said would you be interested in going out and interviewing with some of our clients and i said yes i would and it was just like in that moment it's exactly what i put out there and exactly what i got back but that's how i got into corporate health so then i worked with a lot of different clients through their organization and then went out on my own with the knowledge i had gained so you know that's fascinating but i didn't i didn't yeah. know when, when i went to school and then from there i got a lot of other certifications and training I didn't know what the heck I was doing. I didn't know how to do it. Right. I was like, what do I do? And I remember my husband kept saying, just take the next step. Just do the next <laughs> thing. Because I had no blueprint. I had no blueprint to follow. And so, you know, I was like, I don't know what to do. So I just kept, I just kept taking the next step. You so, know, and here I so, am.
1: So without the blueprint to follow, and your, with your husband's advice, you know, just take the next step, what is it that, pulled you into the direction that you needed to go to take that next step?
2: Well, really, you know, the passion in my heart that was like, you know, I'm here to help people to heal. I love to talk about health. I'm passionate about health. And I, and I love people. Like, I just have always loved people. You know, my mom said that to me one time. She's like, wow, you know, you just really love people. And it's like, it's like yeah, I, I really do. And so with that, that, that passion just kept pulling me forward. And I just kept taking that next step. And then if there was another aspect of health I wanted to learn more about, I would learn about it. And one of my favorite sayings is fear no longer determines what I do or what I don't do. And I also believe that change is in the uncomfortable. So now I lean into fear. You know, when I'm uncomfortable, I lean into it. Because that's where the growth is. That's, you know, um, life shrinks or expands in proportion to my courage. And I feel one of my attributes, too, is I'm very courageous. And um, I'm a double Taurus, the lion sign. So, (laughs) you know, and and courage is not moving ahead without fear. It's bringing fear with you. So I'm scared to death, you know, a lot of the times. But I just lean into it. And so that's... uh, that's something I've tried to live by and also continue to expand.
4: Were there any uh, jobs you had like in college or from before you switched careers that you you reflect on and just see like, man, they could have done so much better if they had, you know, based on what you know now in retrospect.
2: So jobs that maybe I didn't care about as much? Yeah,
4: jobs you had in the past that were just, uh, yeah, reflecting on old jobs in the past before you Jumped into this career? Uh,
2: well, one of the things I did in my 20s was I sold long term care insurance. Okay. And I, you know, I first worked with American Express. And actually, and when I drove over here to these offices, their office was right around here. And then okay. I worked with John Hancock. And then I brokered. And I did that for, gosh, about eight years. And I was really good at it. And there was a lot of money to be made. I remember when I left there after eight years because I was making renewals and the gentleman that ran it, he said, you know, Noel, if you stay, you will never, ever worry about money. Mm. And I looked at him and I said, you know what, Dan, that doesn't matter to me Mm -hmm. because I knew that was not my driver. Mm -hmm. Money's never been my driver altruism is more my driver and I always have to bring up the money money portion of it because, you know, that's an important element of it. Of course. Yeah. But, um, yeah, that, that was something that, you know, I know I'm a person. I have to do what I love or I'll slowly die.
4: So they were taking care of you, but it was you weren't in the profession of helping other people.
2: Yeah, and, and, and I did. I did help people, you know, because I helped them with their finances and mm. I protected them. So it was a very valuable service and I had a grandmother in a nursing home who lost a large amount of her assets. So I believed in it and I felt very in integrity selling it, but it's not where I was supposed to be, mm. right? And and again, I'm a person that, you know, I choose to live a life of integrity and authenticity and you know, I need to follow my heart and my body told me that. You know, part of that severe depression I had was, you know, you're not doing what you were called here to do. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I also want to feel good.
4: <laughs> yeah, when, when you're helping other people, do you feel like there's a sort of a double healing going on? Like by always existing in that energy, you're also healing yourself in a way?
2: Well, uh, great question, Sean. And I feel that we, we teach what we need to heal. Mm -hmm. so again definitely yes and I even find it's kind of funny sometimes I'll have days where maybe I'm down about something or I'm anxious about something and those are the days I'm coaching people on the exact thing that I'm dealing with Mm -hmm. and I always I always just kind of smile but again (laughs) you know my clients teach me so much Mm -hmm. I am Always learning from my clients, and it's such a gift, right? Such a gift. So, you know, and again, as we give, we receive. Yeah. So I, I feel that, um, yeah, it, it definitely continues to heal me, enlighten me, and really make me a different person um, as I learn. You know, people's stories and and you know their struggles and their triumphs. It's you know it's the beautiful thing of life because we're all in this together.
1: Yeah. <laughs> You've mentioned. How passion was your driver? Um, And, you know, that's a funny word, passion. And I'm sure some listeners are out there right now saying, you know, I'm passionate about this or passionate about that. It could be a political passion, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Um, It could be, you know, a passion just to quit what you're doing, (laughs) right? Yeah. Um, There's all sorts of different levels of passion. How do you define passion as it applies to you?
2: Mm. You know, I define passion as also inspiration. Mm. And when I'm inspired, I'm in spirit. Mm
3: -hmm.
2: And, And passion for me is like, I'm talking about what I love. I'm excited when, you know, I really never knew I loved to speak till I started speaking about health. And then I'm like, oh my gosh, you are so passionate about this. You are so excited about this. And then when I started, you know, coaching people, I was, you know, just this energy, this, this excitement, this joy came out of me. So again, passion is really that elevated feeling that something gives you, it feels good, right? So, you know, I always say if it feels good and it's legal, right. it probably is. Mm-hmm. If it doesn't feel good, it's probably not, mm-hmm. you know. It's a very simple concept, but works profoundly in a lot of areas. <laughs> yeah, it
4: sounds like what you said about eating as well.
2: Yes, yes, Sean, you're you're, you're exactly right. Yeah, we like to make things really complicated, yeah. but. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so one of the things that comes up when uh, talking about eating healthy is um, the different kinds of cuisines, mm-hmm. uh, with different kinds of spices and. Uh, you know, you go from Mexican to Indian to Chinese to Vietnamese to a variety of American cuisines. I say a variety because they're all influenced, right? We're yes, all, we're kind of a fusion, I guess, of, depending upon where you are. California restaurants that was the big thing back in the day, right? California-style food and, and whatnot. southwest Southwest food, and um, so how how can you eat fun food and be on this? Uh, this discipline
2: mm-hmm. another excellent question david it really goes back to clean food mm-hmm. so if we get our food preferably organic and not non-gmo and not that you have to but that is you know better um and then make it at home right you know you're going to get rid of 90 percent of all your toxicities right mm-hmm. So, again, you know, it's really about eating the foods that you love. You know, we're in this world with this cornucopia of amazing food, right? Yeah. And so many restaurants, too, are now, you know, and some of them are more expensive, right, but they are making food from scratch. They are trying to offer more non-GMO and organic foods and, um, you know, uh, locally grown foods. You know, that's, that's a big one. But again, you know, I always say finding the balance, too. If people can eat 80% of their food clean and, you know, making it at home and then 20% of it, you know, store-bought, fun, you know, in and out or whatever it is, you know, they're going to be doing better than, you know, 90% of the people, Mm -hmm. right? And again, Mm -hmm. it's that it's really, again, cultivating that mindfulness. You know, I've been trained in mindfulness and I, I continually work on that. But that mindfulness around your food and really trying to eat it as whole and real. You know, just eat real food. Like I tell my clients, you know, if if you look at the back of a package and you don't know what the words are, well, then your body probably doesn't either, right? (laughs) So then just keeping it as simple as possible, but also enjoying those wonderful foods, eating out, Mm -hmm. right, but just finding your balance.
3: Very,
1: very helpful. You've studied Reiki also, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. Tell us about that and how that fits into your offer around wellness.
2: You know, I, I studied Reiki, and I really, really loved Reiki. And Reiki is a type of energy healing that you do. It's, it's do. really a hands-off. Yeah, You don't touch the person. Um, and it's really, you know, using energy to help to heal the body. The energy healing that I do more of is um, energy healing through energy medicine. It's a group by Donna Eden. And I've taken a lot of her courses, and what she really teaches is based off of your meridians. Now, you, you've really got, and this gets kind of complicated, but you've got really 14 major meridians, and you've got a bunch of other ones, but think of a meridian as a freeway in the body. So you've okay. got these 14 freeways in the body, which are all corresponding to different organ systems, and they're also corresponding to different emotions, and through her coursework, she teaches you how to, to basically open those up and get that energy to move, which, again, improves organ function and mood. Hmm. From that, I've been able to incorporate a lot of simple exercises people can do to, you know, balance their energy. So let's take, for example, anxiety, which is a, a real common one in Very the common, place. Very common, right. You know, you can actually, different hmm. exercises you can do, you um, fight or flight system actually runs from your pinky finger, both hands, up your arm, and then behind your ear to your temple. Okay, so that's the free way Weird. of your fight or flight system. Now, it is running up. So when we get really stressed, what do people do? They put their fingers on their forehead. Like if you see somebody, they're like this. Oh, yeah. That energy's shooting up, right? So one of the ways to bring that energy down. And I know our listeners can't see, but you tap on the outer edge of your palm beneath your pinky. And that is actually bringing that energy down. You can also touch the sides of your temple and then just trace that energy down along your arms to bring it down. But again, they're simple techniques. And they're also techniques that I teach um, groups like before they do a board meeting to ground their energy, to calm their energy. I, I had one gentleman, he was the CEO of a large company, and I coached him, and he did these exercises. They take three minutes with the group before, and he goes, well, our board meetings are cut in half. People are focused, they're on. So again, you know, those are some of the hidden health things that a lot of people don't know, and what I try to do is just make it really simple so people can access, I, I like to say, these hidden powers of our body. You know, I like to say we're all these Jaguars and Ferraris. But a lot of us don't know how to, to, to use our bodies. Right? I'm a
1: Model T right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but you know, you know, and you really don't, you don't know the, you original. the original. The huh? original.
4: Yes. It's not in cherry condition, John. Hey, you know. So, so how, what is holistic nutrition? How, how would you define that?
2: Holistic nutrition, again, would be more thinking of mind, body, and spirit and how food makes you feel, right? So like I said before, you know, um, when I eat this, how do I feel? Uh Does it increase my energy? You know, does it make my mood good? Am I sleeping good, right? So that's that whole mind, body, spirit. Okay. And then really finding out what foods work for each individual person, right? Okay. is, is really how more I would, would define holistic nutrition.
4: And then all your studies have been in the direction of learning mind, body, and spirit, and all these things, yeah. and all the different directions. So what other challenges did you have in your, in your process of becoming what you are today? It sounded like you had the opportunities that came to you, but were there any other challenges when you were trying to get the right position that you enjoyed
2: Um, with my business, great question. You know, I I have to say, I mean, I've had a lot of challenges in life. But with my business, it's, it's been pretty cool. Like, you know, and one of the things that I really want to do is start to market myself more and my business more, because I've been really blessed with things have just come to me. And I'll take it. So, again, once I got on my path, it's like doors have just opened, doors have opened. And, you know, I have this vision of of where I want to go, and I'm just going to keep walking toward that because that's my passion, telling me to go there. But, again, um, I've been blessed that that things have have opened.
4: So you put out the right energies, and it seems to just keep working. That's awesome. I mean, my
2: challenge, Sean, would be time because there's so many things I want to do. And really trying to figure out, you know, what I say no to, what I say yes to, how mm-hmm. do I spend my time, you know, that's probably, if I was to say a challenge, would be that. Because I sometimes get shiny object syndrome and I want to do yeah. a lot of things, so I really have to kind of <laughs>
4: making the decisions. nail yeah.
2: it down. And, and sometimes what you say no to is more important than what you say yes to.
4: Those are good problems to have, though, sometimes to have so many choices you can't you can't decide, that, but they're all good. That's, yes. That's awesome. That's well, hopefully they're problem. all good. <laughs>
2: yeah. <laughs> I'm sure there's some bad ones in there. Noel, yeah. uh,
1: how can people get in touch with you?
2: Um, David, they can get in touch with me through my website, which is mybodybalanced.com, and also my, my phone number, which is 480-720-7424. And my email is Noel N-O-E-L-L-E, at mybodybalance.com.
1: That's wonderful. Listeners, I'm sure uh, you will not be disappointed when you reach out to Noelle. Very, very informative, very knowledgeable uh, on the subject of wellness from a holistic perspective, very holistic perspective. So here we are, Be Dream Do Radio. So how does this whole message of be, dream, do resonate with you?
2: Mm, it, you know, it, it really, really resonates with me, David. And, you know, one of the things that you had said to me was only 15% of people mm. are satisfied and happy with what they do. And I feel so grateful that I can be on this planet and do what I love and really make a difference in people's lives. Like I feel every day it is such a gift and I am a big believer in gratitude is latitude and I'm, I I sit in gratitude and every morning I I do gratitudes. I do gratitudes throughout the day, but I, I just really am grateful and I just want to continuing to follow my heart and my passion to help companies and cultures and people really create a better life, and let them know that the power to heal is truly theirs.
1: Yeah, wonderful. So for listeners that are out there who are inspired by the work that you've done and have the beginnings of some passion, or maybe a lot of passion around helping others heal, but they're in other jobs, I'll just say that, mm-hmm. doing other things, what recommendations would you have for them? Where would they start?
2: Great question. I would say, first of all, start to research the different types of programs that are out there. You know, I here in Arizona went to the Southwest Institute of Healing Arts. I actually went to the naturopathic college here, too, at the time, and I was debating if I wanted to go back to school to be a naturopathic physician. And at the time, my kids were little, and I didn't want to take that time away from them. But, you know, just research some of the programs based off of your budget and your time and and do it jump in and start to learn you know start to get credentialed start to get certified and you know that's really your first step you know attain knowledge around the area that you want to step into
1: are there some of these programs offered in the evening so that people could still continue doing what they're doing just to Pay the bills and keep food on the table? Yes, and that's what I did, David.
2: Mm -hmm. So when I went to school, I went to school at 6 to 10 o'clock at night. Mm -hmm. And during the day, I was actually helping my husband run his business and then also caring for my two small children. And then I would drive an hour to get to school and go to school from 6 to 10. Mm -hmm. And so I did that for over a year. I think it was about a year and a half. And um, so there's nowadays so many online programs you know, weekend programs, evening programs are a lot of the programs that, that I've, I've seen. And again, if, if you have a dream, if you have a vision, I believe that, you know, the doors will open, right? And that, that's the amazing thing of life, right? So it, it really does happen. But you have to take action, right? And that's where a lot of people fall down. They can dream all they want, but until they start taking action, you know, things will start to happen.
1: Very sage advice, Noel. Listeners, if you have a dream, if you have a vision, and you take action, you too can live your life of passion, making the difference in the world, doing what has called you here on this world. Noel Stanley, thank you so much. Most informative. Noel Stanley, corporate wellness consultant and president of the National Speakers Association here in the Valley. Thank you very much. Ladies, And gentlemen, stay tuned next week. And remember, do what you love and love what you do.
0: Thank you for joining David and his guest. Make sure to catch Be, Dream, Do, Living by Design every week right here on StarWorldWideNetworks.com.